0: Lots and lots and lots going on today and a lot to feel good about. No reason to be pessimistic. Shun the pessimism. Embrace the good. Embrace the hope. This is Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, March tenth, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson Plumbing. Give them a call. They love what they do. They love plumbing. They love fixing pipes and stuff and installing hot water heaters. And some pumps and all that kind of thing, give them a call. 765 610 8809. Hit subscribe, punch the like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. Look, this is March. We got a lot of time to go over the potential schedule for the Indianapolis Colts. We got a lot of time for to, to cheer Chris Ballard as he fills the holes, and there are holes. Lots of holes on the offensive side of the ball. But Chris Ballard's got time, and he's got the resources to be able to plug him in the right way. Yesterday, he created another hole by dealing Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. And he got back a third-round pick in 2022, swapping second-round picks in 2022. So the Colts move up from 47 to 42, and then securing at least a third-round pick in 2023, that could convert to a second round pick if Carson Wentz played 70% of the snaps for the Commanders offensively in 2022. That is a hell of a day because Washington took the entire contract. All 28.3 million gone with Carson Wentz. And so the Colts now have 12 million dollars more to the salary cap than the next. Uh, most lavish team or the team with most lavish resources to throw at free agents beginning next week. All right, they got 69 plus million dollars to spend on free agents or make a trade and fit people under the cap. So the Colts, they've got all they need. Ballard has all he needs to plug the holes and assuming that you believe Michael Pittman's a, a one, a top wide receiver. You need uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end one because Jack Doyle retired. Mo Ali Cox may leave because he's a free agent. Maybe the Colts re sign him. That would plug a hole. But you've got tight end one, tight end two. And then you've got left tackle. Eric Fisher. Yesterday it was recorded or reported that Fisher and the Colts. Had spoken about an extension, but decided not to move forward with it. And you've got quarterback. So with all of that tumult, with all of that chaos, with all of those holes, fans are turning a little bit, uh, they're getting anxious, right? There's a lot of anxiety within the Colts fandom. I don't use that nation stuff. Colts nation, Hoosier nation, blah, 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 all these nations. I don't like nation-building. I don't like nation-destroying. So we don't talk in terms of nations. We talk in terms of teams and their fan bases. Ballard has all he needs to get it right. He's got a great scouting department. They can go out. They can look at guys currently in the NFL. They can look at guys through the draft. The uh, second-rounder at 42, the third-rounder, those project under Ballard to be starters. Now, you get into the 50s, and he takes flyers on guys like, you know, Ben Banigu and uh, uh, Paris Campbell and Komoko Ture, although Komoko Ture, when healthy, has been pretty good. You get guys back half of the second, things don't go all that well. Third round, not a bad track record of success. Julian Blackman, even though he's hurt now, he projects to be healthy in 22 at the beginning of the season, maybe healthy for camp. That'd be nice. We know. we Hey, we know from torn Achilles, right? Julian Blackman with the torn Achilles. We know it takes about nine months to get fully ambulatory and start working at football stuff and getting ready to play. Nine months. Julian Blackman, that puts him ready for camp. We're all good at free safety. Nice. The defensive side of the ball is set. All starters return. That's it. Not in bad shape there. Not in bad shape at corner. Not in bad shape at safety. Linebacker, Bobby Okereke, not bad. Darius Leonard, we like. I think Pay and Dio Odangbo take a step forward. I think the defense, under Gus Bradley, is going to take a big step forward. So now it's up to the offense. Who do you go get to play quarterback? I don't know. I don't know whether they're going to go young. I don't know whether they're going to trade for a guy like Jordan Love. I don't know whether they're going to trade for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, or perhaps wait for the 49ers to waive him. He's only $1.4 million of dead cap money when they waive him or release him next week, if it comes to that. And then you don't have to give up any pieces to the 49ers. You just got to pay Garoppolo, and nobody's in a position to pay him more than the Colts. Now, do you want Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo had shoulder surgery. He's going to be shelved for four months. He's not going to be ready for full football work until the beginning of July. And that's... They believe that that's going to be the case, but you don't know that's going to be the case. Jimmy Garoppolo, with the 49ers, played more than half the 49ers games twice in the five years he was in San Francisco. Those two years, he went to the Super Bowl once, NFC Championship once, right? But... A guy who does not always stay healthy. That's not a good thing. What do you want? You, you want to go get a guy and have to replace that guy with a backup at some point during the season? Maybe not. Um, so I, I don't. there's no easy answer. What we do know is that Carson Wentz is not going to be the answer. And that makes me feel good about the Colts. That they're moving forward without Carson Wentz. I like moving forward without Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz's presence made it a little bit more difficult for me to wrap my arms around this team. He's not a cuddly guy. He's kind of an isolated guy. Doesn't seem to easily kind of uh, interact with others. That's okay. That's fine as a human being. It's not great as a quarterback. And I really thought that the Colts were going to move on from Carson Wentz when he spoke to Dan Dokuch on 107.5 last week about Quentin Nelson. And he said that Quentin Nelson, one of the reasons that they're uh, going to resign Quentin Nelson to this extension, which is likely to make him the highest paid guard in the NFL, which is not necessarily a good thing, right? We've talked about that at length. But one of the reasons, the intangibles that he brings, the leadership abilities that he brings to the Colts. I don't need a guard filled to the brim with leadership. I need a quarterback filled with leadership. If you're relying on a guard for leadership of your offense, who the hell you got a quarterback? You had Carson Wentz. That told me all I needed to know about Carson Wentz. You know what? When you sit down and talk on the radio for an hour, at some point you're going to show your ass, right? You're going to say something that makes sense and is honest, completely honest. That was honest in a positive way about Quentin Nelson, but absolutely could be inferred to be a negative about Carson Wentz, and it was to me. And you watched Hard Knocks, and you're like, you know what, this guy, his presence on this team is not one that galvanizes the roster, right? So the Colts addition by subtraction. Here is the truth, and this is a truth of all businesses, mediocrity is the enemy of good. Good is the enemy of great. You, have, you cannot be fearful of losing your mediocrity if you're going to get good. And you cannot be fearful of making the changes required to move from good to great. At some point, good to great becomes good to great because you replaced somebody who is good with somebody who's great. That's the challenge for Chris Ballard. The Colts could have ran it back with Fisher, with, uh, with Wentz, and maybe with Hilton, and been nine and eight again. But what the hell's the point of that? That's thoroughly mediocre. Why are you going to do that? Colts, moving forward, you should too. March is a time for great optimism in the land as we talk about our favorite football teams. October, November, December, that's when we can turn pessimistic if we like. That's when we got to kind of deal with reality. But not in March. In March, we get to feel good. So let's feel good about the Colts. Let's feel good about Chris Ballard and his ability to go get a quarterback who can play. Wide receivers who can play. Tight ends who can play. A left tackle on the roster who can block. Let's feel good about all of this. Because why not? There's no downside to this. No downside to having a good, positive outlook about Ballard and the Colts. Save your bullets, your negative bullets, for September, October, November, December. This is easy. Schedule's tough. They don't play a game. They're going to lose a game for the next six months. This is beautiful. All right. Indiana, they got a game today at 1130. They play Michigan. Michigan's not a great matchup. Michigan took Indiana to the woodshed down in Bloomington earlier this year, beat them by 18. Hunter Dickinson was unstoppable. He went three of four from beyond the arc. You cannot have that happen today at Cambridge Fieldhouse. Fortunately, it's been my experience that Cambridge Fieldhouse is a tough place to make threes for some reason. I think Indiana's got a shooter shot. Today, to get the win. Xavier losing to Butler yesterday. Butler did Indiana a favor because Xavier was on the at large bubble too. So they move off the bubble with Butler beating Xavier. If Indiana wins today, I think they're in the tournament. What are they, what's Indiana got to do? Indiana got to hit shots. Parker Stewart, Miller Kopp got to hit shots. Xavier Johnson has to be good, Xavier. Trace Jackson Davis. He had 17, I think, first time around against Michigan. Got to do that again. Got to be a 17-10 and guy. Race Thompson has to do something to mitigate, he and Trace Jackson Davis, to mitigate Hunter Dickinson, who's a bad matchup for Indiana. Indiana can get this win, or they go to the NIT. It's just that simple. Today is the day that Indiana either nuts up or they nut out. Butler. How about Butler yesterday? Butler down six with under 50 seconds to play in their game. And here's how I watched this game. I felt so bad for Paul Scruggs. Paul Scruggs spent uh, some high school time at Southport. He's been at Xavier forever. And I feel terrible for the guy because yesterday, his play, like basketball's a team sport, and usually you sink or swim together, but Paul Scruggs in the last-minute of regulation really hurt but, uh, Xavier. So here's what happened. Uh, Bulldogs down six with 50 left. Chuck Harris, uh, he hits a jumper, cuts a deficit to four. Scruggs misses two foul shots. Then Colby Jones gets the offensive rebound. He misses two foul shots. Then Scruggs fouls again, or Scruggs fouls. Harris makes two free throws. Scruggs fouls again, and Harris makes a layup. Scruggs makes a layup and misses the free throw for the three-point play and fouls yet again to foul out. Seamus Lukosius makes two foul shots and forces overtime. Butler wins in overtime, 89-82. Each team had three foul out. Thank God Lukosius was not one of them because Lukosius knocked down shots in the overtime. And as a result, they dance on. Chucky Harris with 29, Lukosius with 27, Butler plays again today against Providence. They got the Friars at noon today. I, and I have said this for weeks, I don't want to play Butler in the Big East tournament. Said this again and again and again. Butler's record is not gaudy. But man, they have been close in a lot of these games and they are due to win some. I think they get over on Providence today. They beat Ed Cooley's team, and they move on to the uh, Big East. What is that going to be? The semifinals, right? It's going to be a great game. I like Laval Jordan. I know that it's really, really likely, unless there's a miracle, that Butler finishes with a losing record for consecutive seasons for the first time since the 80s. But I like Laval Jordan. I think he's a hell of a coach, and I hope that Barry Collier keeps him. Uh, Major League Baseball is run by greedy idiots. We could talk about the lockout uh, until we were blue in the face, but what's the point? Rob Manfred is a greed merchant. The owners are greedy, nothing but avarice within their company. And and then the players, you know what? I don't mind what the players are doing. And if I ran the players' union, uh, I would absolutely uh, draw a hard line and not cross it. I'm not taking a step back uh, in, in this CBA and what the owners are offering or the owners are willing to provide in terms of compensation. I'm just not doing it. They want to break the union, I'm holding firm because baseball is about players. It's not about owners. All right, uh, <coughs> birthdays. Let's celebrate some birthdays. March 10th, a great day, 310. Nice day to have a birthday. Uh, Jan Elrod, Chris Nadeau, Happy birthday, Kevin Clawson, Tracy Hostetler, Eric Crawford, Skip Mills, Mike Smith. Happy birthday. Go IU. Go Colts. Go to work, Chris Ballard. Let's get this thing done and point it in the right direction. Later today, inside Indiana Sports Now, I don't think we're going to be able to do an instant update about the Indiana Hoosiers. I got things going today. They put the game at 1130 on a weekday. This is not conducive to my being able to participate in post-game revelry. We'll see. Uh, talk to you later. I cannot wait. What could happen today? Yesterday, we had no idea that Wentz was going to Washington today. By the time we get to Inside Indiana Sports Now, lots could happen. We'll talk to, uh, talk to you about it. I cannot wait. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.